Well, good evening. My name is uh, Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, it is good to see your faces, and I'm so glad that you are choosing to join us online for this Christmas Eve. You know, if there's one thing uh, that the year 2020 has taught me, it's that I need patience. There has been a lot of waiting uh, that has been going on this year. And, and I don't think you probably have to use too much of your imagination to, to relate to what I'm saying or to know what I'm talking about, right? We've been waiting for this pandemic to be over. We've been waiting for things to return to some semblance of normal. We're, we're waiting for a vaccine. Uh, maybe we're just, we're waiting. And this year more than ever, we're just, we're waiting for that package to get here that said it was shipped in November, right? That we, there is waiting, and waiting is difficult. Waiting is hard, and it can even be excruciating at times. Um, when will this end? When can I move on from this difficult situation? Or, or maybe sometimes when we're waiting, we ask ourselves, when will I get a break? When can I just take a breath? When will I be able to sneeze in public without being judged? But I, I would say, I think waiting is a part of all the best stories. And the Christmas story is no different. Uh, just a quick glance at the list of characters that we see in the Christmas story. We see all of them had to wait. Mary and Joseph obviously had to wait nine months once the angels told them, uh, angels told them that Jesus was to be born. They had to wait nine months for him to get there. The Simeon and Anna you know, they were anticipating the birth of the Messiah. Jesus told, or God promised to them that they would see Jesus. They would see the Messiah and they would not die until they saw him. The wise men from the east saw the star, traveled over two years, waiting and anticipating the whole way. And not to mention the entirety of humanity has been waiting, inwardly groaning as we waited for this Messiah ever since sin entered the world. Waiting, waiting, and more waiting. And then finally, a baby? A baby. You know, my wife and I did our own version of waiting for a baby this year. Um, just a few months ago, we had our second little baby girl, Adelie Jo, which we are so thankful to God for. Um, and just the other day, I was, I was holding her, I was holding her in my arms while I was sitting in the kitchen, I was listening to one of my favorite Christmas albums, and um, a particular line from one of the songs I was listening to hit me on a deeper level. And this was uh, part of the line from the song. It says, a child to us is born, behold the Lamb of God who takes away our sin. And, and I don't quite know why it nearly brought me to tears thinking about this. And it was probably because here I was holding this three-month-old, adorably perfect, cute little innocent baby, and I was contemplating and thinking about how Jesus entered the world in the same way as this perfect little innocent baby. And yet, it would only be 30 years later when John the Baptist, who prepared the way for Jesus, would say, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Isn't it interesting that Jesus was as perfect and innocent on the day he was crucified as the day he was born and Mary and Joseph were holding him in their arms. And as I was listening to this song and contemplating, I was just sitting there thinking, Mary, did you know? 
And from, I must have asked the question out loud because from the other room, my wife called out, yeah, she knew, the angel told her. She did know what Jesus' purpose was. But have you ever noticed that we often condense the time that it took between Christmas and Easter? You know, we celebrate Christmas in December, and then a few months later, we get to celebrate Easter. You know, but in real, it's almost as if we think that God took baby Jesus and a few months later stretched him out and like, you're big enough to die on the cross now? No, it was 30 plus years of Jesus' life that Mary and Joseph watched him grow up, uh, you know, grow in favor with God and man. And we, we condense those 30 years. And honestly, 30 years is a long time to wait. Uh, especially you as parents can probably relate to that. And it's a long time to wait for your kid to grow up and turn into what they're meant to be. And, and in fact, if that were me, my parents would still be waiting. Not because I haven't reached my full potential, be- because I'm not 30 yet. But the reason we move so quickly from Christmas to Easter is because Christmas isn't the whole story, right? The story doesn't end with Jesus as a baby. The point of Christmas is the cross. The point of Jesus coming is Jesus redeeming. You're listening to audio from Faith Church, located on the north side of Indianapolis. If you'd like to check out more information about our church and ministry, please visit faithchurchindy.com. Jesus didn't take on human form just to win some cute baby awards, although if there was the Mediterranean baby of the year, I'm sure he would have won. You know, the, the passage in Philippians that we've been studying here at Faith over the last few weeks says something about this baby boy, this son of God, son of man. It says that Jesus emptied himself by taking on the very form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. God created us in his image. And now here, God is pouring himself into our image. What a picture that is. Yet for the sake of our unity with God and our unity with one another, Jesus humbled himself even to the point of death and a humiliating and humbling death on the cross. When we celebrate Christmas, we are proclaiming that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. But even the condensed Christmas to Easter story doesn't end with the cross, does it? The passage in Philippians goes on to say, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We find ourselves here in 2020 in the time between the advents, between Jesus' first coming as a baby at Christmas and his second coming when he will finally recreate the world as it was meant to be with all of his children in perfect unity. We're waiting and anticipating the day when Jesus comes again to rule in perfect togetherness in the new creation. It will be a day when the things that divide us 
our distant memory, a day when we laughingly remember the things that we were so passionate about, and yet we realize we were so wrong about, a day when our fights turn into inside jokes and all our relationships are closer for having once been broken. And it will be a day when a great multitude that no one can number from every nation, tribe, people, and tongue, together with one voice, cry out, salvation belongs to our God and to the Lamb. That Lamb is Jesus. So how are you choosing to live in this time between the Advents, between the first Christmas and Jesus' second coming? Are you living in the peace that comes from God and seeking unity with the people around you? Or maybe has the disunity within yourself kept you from asking God to heal your brokenness and division? You know, in a, in a now classic story about the power of Christmas, it's 1914, World War I had just begun a few months before, there was a series of unofficial Christmas truces that happened along the trenches that people from men from both sides laid down their weapons, entered no man's land, many of them exchanging gifts and souvenirs. Many of the, the gatherings um, ended with carol singing. And there's a famous story of how one group of guys even started playing soccer, or maybe as they called it, football, right? That it didn't matter what they were supposed to do. The power of Christmas brought them together, brought them into this unity. But is this really a, a story of the power of Christmas as a holiday? Well, kind of, but I don't think so. It's not like they got together, hey, see you at Boxing Day next week. Like, What's that? I don't know. We'll find out. No, I, I think that there was unity because the power of the cross broke through the darkness. The unity of Christ that we celebrate at Christmas was strong enough to get grown men at war to lay down their weapons, sing Christmas carols, and play a game of soccer. In the church, dedicated to telling the Christmas story, the same better be true of us. That we are committed to unity despite the darkness around us. You know, I don't, I don't really keep up with or, or, or know what other churches around us are teaching on throughout the year. You know, I, I don't know what books of the Bible, College Park or Trader's Point taught in November or, or what series East 91st did back in June. But one of the things I like about Christmas is that I know we are all celebrating the same thing tonight. We are all celebrating the birth of our Savior. Around the world, there are men, women, and children gathered who are joining us and taking a moment out of the craziest year ever to pause and simply remember that Jesus the Christ has come. And when we celebrate Christmas, we are celebrating that Jesus will come again.